Well, welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell Men's Divorce Source podcast and videocast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and managing partner of Cordell and Cordell. And as usual, bringing you the latest information from around the country on issues that are being affected by COVID-19 and specifically, you know, family law, both matters before, during, and after divorce and issues related to modification of all items uh, coming out of family law, enforcement, contempt, you name it. It's that one, you know, thousand year flood pandemic that affects every aspect of our lives. And so our goal is to bring you the latest information that we can. And uh, today I'm joined uh, from my, one of our attorneys in Pennsylvania, uh, Will Phelan, welcome. Good morning, Scott. So uh, before we get started, uh, I always, uh, caution, a uh, disclaimer, and that is, uh, you know, limited to our jurisdiction and our licensure. I'm only licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia. And my guest being, uh, you know, one or two licensors, we just want to make sure that when you're listening, uh, that you only take this for talking points. It's not legal advice. It's not an attorney-client relationship. You know, there are so many circumstances and facts about your case that are so unique uh, that really would dictate a different, perhaps, recommendation and even conversation. So this is intended for you to take some notes and, and go contact an attorney if you have questions. And as always, we're available for virtual and telephonic conversations and consultations at one eight six six dads law or CordellCordell.com. And we're available to uh, speak with you and, and really ascertain some of the specifics about your case and really dig down and get into it. So let's uh, get started. You know, um, one of the questions that, you know, I think we've asked every day uh, with the attorneys from around the country at Cordell Cordell is what's the status of the court system in Pennsylvania, particularly what's going on on the ground? You know, guys want to know. Yeah. So it's, it's changing. It's, it's still very dynamic, uh, especially at this point in time, because we're reaching the end of the month. Um, and with uh, May coming on, you're going to see some changes uh, to the court system as well. But the, the general overview is that, uh, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court did put in place that courthouses are generally closed to the public through the end of April. Um, and then Pennsylvania is a very uh, county-oriented state, so there are additional orders from each county. And in the Philadelphia region, you have Philadelphia, the city, which is its own county. And then the collar counties and the suburbs, which are also very populated, uh, for the most part, they are closed now. Uh, last week, we started seeing closures through the end of May. Uh, so they went above and beyond what the state Supreme Court put on, out there. And um, Philadelphia is closed through the end of May. And uh, there's a couple of other counties that touch the suburbs that haven't gone that far that are technically still through uh, close through next week. Uh, but we're expecting that they're going to follow suit from the uh, their neighbors and um, and uh, start closure through the end of the month as well. And, you know, we, we see this in, in what we're hearing in the news from the governor, uh, Tom Wolf, for our state. Um, you know, there is still the shelter in place where people should be staying at home. Um, but then we also heard yesterday, Governor Wolf started uh, giving uh, details how by the end of the week, um, some recreational sites are gonna be able to open by the end of the week. Um, you know, golf courses, important, mm -hmm. no less. Mm -hmm. um, private campgrounds and some other outdoor places are gonna start opening up. So um, 
you know, we're, we're going to see the tide turn hopefully in the next couple of weeks and then the courts will probably follow suit thereafter. Yeah. It's so confusing for guys out there and especially even for, for us at Cordon Cordell, we have, you know, 38 office or 38 states that we're trying to juggle. Not only that, then you have county by county restrictions for us in Missouri. Uh, we have a governor who will open up the state on May 4th, but we have the county which our offices in St. Louis are located in that we're going to continue to shelter in place well to through mid-May. So that affects courthouses within a 45 mile radius where I can drive 20 to 45 minutes, they're gonna be wide open May 4th. You know, I'll drive 15 minutes into the county, they're closed. So it's really confusing for guys out there not knowing, you know, what is going on? Who do I call? Uh, maybe that's the question for you. And where do guys go you know, to really figure out what's the status of the court system? You know, and be cautious with the word closed because sometimes it means we can file. Sometimes they take emergency hearings. Uh, there's all this variance, really county by county. So where do guys go first and foremost to figure out what's going on with their case or their courthouse? Yeah. And I think the first thing we have to, to look at is we have to, when, when offering tip, tips and ideas like this is where, where should you be looking first? Mm -hmm. And on that point, you should be asking yourself, you know, if I have a court case open somewhere, that's where I need to look. So it may uh, at, at first not you can't be looking at where you live because if you moved out of the county or even the state where your custody order came from or your where your divorce judge is sitting, uh, you know that's where you should be looking, not where you are right now. But the vast majority of people still end up staying in the jurisdiction where their orders control. So first, you have to know where. Uh, to look. And then, Scott, as you said, and, and we were talking about a few moments ago, uh, with the status of things in Pennsylvania, I, I think no matter what state or commonwealth you're in, you have to be cognizant that there's different layers of uh, government to deal with here. First is the executive level of government, as we were talking about our governors. Um, that's one good place that you should look at for context. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that what a, a governor or a state executive department says would control or trump what would be in a, in a, in a court case with a court order, especially if you have a court orders in place that, that may control. But it's a good place to at least start to look at to see, is my state opening up? Uh, because if the state's opening up for business, Part of business is law offices and court systems and things of that nature. But then more importantly for active litigation that's open, you want to look at the state court orders. Um, almost every state that I've seen, they've issued emergency orders that deal with closing, uh, what's open, how to file, that sort of thing. So you want to look there, but then also you want to look at your county level, um, whether you have a, a city court system that controls, or you have a county level, you want to look at the local level and make sure that you're looking to those entities uh, as well at the end of the day. So that's where you generally want to be looking. Yeah, I agree. You know, as you're looking at it, there are so many confusing orders that for us, I mean, and, and even when this began, you know, we had, as you suggested, a governor's order, a local, you know, county executive's order. We're trying to interpret them and understand. And, and, and a lot of times they were, you know, opposed to each other in terms of 
restrictions and and you know guidelines. And we, you know, I was talking to one of our Cordell attorneys in North Carolina last week, and they've issued guidelines. Uh, and guys are like, well, what does that mean? So the the question for you is, you know, how does a guy interpret it? You know, are they to follow a guideline? Is that something that they should be concerned about? What is it that they're looking at between an order, policy, guidelines, suggestions? What is it that, that they're looking for? Yeah, and that, that's a great distinction that I think has to be made is once you figure out where you're looking and you get the applicable document, whether uh, it's a, you know, a, an order or a guideline, you have to make that distinction uh, because, and this depends on your jurisdiction as well. And at this point, once you collect the information, it may, become, it may come to a certain point where you should go to an attorney to get advice on how that information directly impacts your case. I could tell you in, in Pennsylvania, in the counties, we've seen some counties issue emergency orders uh, and this is usually in the custody realm versus divorce and support, but they will issue orders on what is to control as far as custody exchanges and or if a parent or somebody in their household contracts uh, COVID-19. And then there are some counties that uh, are a little bit more lax, I guess, for lack of a better term, a little uh, more soft to the touch, and they instead issue policies or guidelines. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, those are more suggestions or things that the parents should keep in mind. Uh, and those pertain to, you know, switching drop-off locations to um, a friendly reminder that our county's orders, custody orders still control and they should be followed. Um, so that is a, an important distinction uh, to make as far as what is actually coming out of these courthouses. Mm -hmm. And you know, as they, they, they look in terms of understanding what these rules are, what these policies are, they have questions on, on what can I file, really? Because, uh, for example, over the weekend, um, in Missouri, particularly St. Louis County, issued a new policy in terms of adult abuse, domestic violence uh, filings that you can actually file those virtually or online now for the first time ever. Um, and so that these are questions where there may be a guy out there thinking, you know, I'm being harassed, you know, I, I need to file an order of protection and where do I find it? How do I file it? You know, is Pennsylvania even taking filings like this? You know, maybe just talk about your district and your state, uh, what's happening for particular things like orders of protection, or if I got a motion to modify, can I file it? How do I file it? Where do I find that? Yeah. And, and this goes back to what you mentioned earlier, Scott, is that you have to be aware of, you know, what does it mean when we say that courthouses are closed? Because a lot in Pennsylvania, they're closed to the general public. And that's usually how the media reports it. But oftentimes that could be misleading because in our neck of the woods, um, yes, they're closed to the public. I just can't go for the, in a lot of the courthouses, just walk right in and interact with staff or, or something and go file something. Uh, however, uh, and again, this is very county specific, very just jurisdiction specific, but there are e-filings. So that's one level in this day and age with the technology we have. These counties have had e-filings before the pandemic hit and they're making use and they're certainly glad that they have that technology and that capability now but there are still some counties who don't have 
e-filing. However, they've issued orders where they've made special accommodations and they said, instead of e-filing, you could email us at this address if you want to file something and we'll take that and that has less security protections associated with it and sometimes it might be harder to track at the end of the day but because of the circumstances exceptional circumstances we find ourselves in they're accepting filings through email um, and then on top of that even though the courthouse may be closed they still have drop boxes so you could go and go to the front of the courthouse and put something in a, a locked box uh, for a filing, and then they check that once or twice a day, and that counts just the same. Now, as far as the types of filings in, in Pennsylvania, um, for the vast majority of counties that I've seen, even outside of the Delaware Valley, outside of the Philadelphia area, um, there are um, ways that you could file for uh, domestic violence. We call them protection from abuse actions. Um, and those are, you can do that in various different ways, but those are still allowed. Emergency custody actions are still allowed. Now, what qualifies as an emergency is a whole other topic, but they're still allowed and there are methods county, that vary county by county on that. And then uh, some counties are allowing support filings too, with people uh, losing their jobs or being furloughed. You have changes that need to be made for support orders, uh, whether it's for child support or spousal support and alimony and so there are some courthouses that are allowing those filings as well um as far as you know the, what i've seen on the extreme end on what you're probably not able to file for the most part in pennsylvania is you know if you want to start a divorce you know you want to file a divorce complaint and get that started uh especially if there's no e-filing available you're going to have to have to wait for those yeah. types of things. Well, it's interesting. I was talking with, you know, there are a couple pockets around the country that didn't have e-filing. Uh, the state of New York, we were talking with our attorney, Kim Gray, up in Buffalo. Uh, for a while, they had no filings and they've eased those restrictions. Uh, pockets in California, like San Francisco and San Diego, had closed that and what they were doing, and it's something to consider. Again, there's, where there's a will, there's a way. You know, they were suggesting go ahead and serve or mail by certified mail something to the opposing party, albeit you're not necessarily on file with the court system, but they believe that the courts are going to take that into consideration, particularly if it's a modification of child support, you know, dealing with retroactivity. Uh, we shouldn't be sacrificing our ability to get retroactive credit to reduce it. And in California, the judges have intimated that, look, if you send it to the other party and you put them on notice in an official pleading that otherwise would be filed, we're going to count that as your effective date. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell and Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. So it's, I think it's important for guys to be thinking about not waiting, finding a way to just Hey, let's get it started. Even if the courts don't, you're at least taking action and finding out, you know, why and how and what 
to get things moving. I think that's so important, regardless of the use of the word closed, because again, as I think you indicated, we got to figure out what that really, really means. Uh, it's important. So as guys begin to think about, okay, now I get it, you know, I got to look at my jurisdiction, you know, I, I understand kind of what I'm looking for and what these mean. Is there places particularly they should start? How do they find this out? You know, where should they be looking, you know, on the internet or uh, to try to get more information? Right. So, yeah, I think some, some tips for uh, how to find out this information or where to go for this information, uh, it, it's generally twofold. Uh, first, I, I think websites are a good place to start. So once you figure out what court controls your case, go to that state court's website. For example, in Pennsylvania, the, the uh, Unified Judicial System of Pennsylvania has put together a clearinghouse website where they have orders not only from the state Supreme Court and the appellate courts, which are under that office's control or involved with that office, but each county is under the emergency orders. They're required to send those orders in to the unified system into a central place and they're up on this website. So you could find county by county sections on this state clearinghouse website for Pennsylvania. However, I've noticed a little bit of a lag on that website. So my next tip would be you have to go to the actual county court web website and see what's up there. Um, and those are updated as well. And a lot of these emergency orders are also saying they're requiring uh, the posting of these emergency orders to the front of the county courthouse. So that's a little bit old school, you know, nailing it up there to the front door. Um, but but they're, they should be there for most counties in Pennsylvania as well. Um, but even to extend it further, sometimes I've seen a lag uh, in state court websites being updated timely. And where I find information from is from my colleagues in the bar. Uh, so, you know, my, my bar associations, both state and local, have email threads where the attorneys are kept abreast of these things. Um, and even, in, you know, in of court is another entity as well. Uh, so another place people might wanna look is uh, Google the county bar associations for your jurisdiction. See if those bar associations, which are private entities, not the state government entities like the courthouse, see if they have uh, information as well. And then a, a final place uh, on the web, I, I think, although this is probably the, the least trustworthy comparatively speaking to everything we've discussed, but there are news sources. Um, you know, there's your local TV news station, your local news affiliate. Um, but I think maybe a little bit better than that might be uh, if you're local jurisdiction, your local area has a legal newspaper, um, they're probably going to be a little bit more on top of it than uh, whoever delivers your yeah. 5 p.m. news on TV. Uh, you might want to look there. Uh, and then, you know, bookmark those websites so you can go back to them at a later time. That's always a good idea. Now, I said it's twofold. The other, the other portion you have to look at is you have to go um, a little bit more hitting the pavement, so to speak, and uh, pick up the phone and 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 do it the uh, the way we used to before the internet uh, is what it is today. And so find out the phone numbers for these courthouses online and then uh, call around. Um, yes, they, you know, if they're close to the public, they still may have staff there or skeleton staff or they might be forwarding uh, phone numbers to people that are wor working at home in their offices. So that might be something to look at. 
um, and then find out who the contact person is. So when you call back, you know who you should be talking to at the end of the day. But keep in mind, these people are extremely busy because the courthouses are closed to the public and they're working from home possibly. So they're slammed. Um, so they may not be able to deal with you or respond to you in a timely matter. Um, but of course, that's where going to an attorney and uh, looking up an attorney who is linked to these bar associations, linked to these resources that we're going over, they may be able to respond to you quicker. Yeah. I think attorneys, you know, most of them, and I know we are, will have probably the latest information. You know, so there's help out there. And it really is about just contact an attorney who just does family law. Uh, you know, focuses it primarily, if not exclusively, and they're going to have the latest update and, and kind of where you should go. And as you suggest, even some of these websites will have an FAQ section where they're trying to come up with, you know, through the contacts that they're getting at the courthouse, walking people through, like, here's a common question and here's the answer. They're getting far better at it now, considering that, you know, the physical buildings may be closed to most access unless it's an emergency. So I think that's a, some great uh, information for guys who are really questioning, you know, you know, what do I do? Because many out there that I've heard over the last six weeks, every week I get a question, you know, during our live webinar that we hold each week that says, you know, uh, can I do anything? Because I've heard that they're closed and they just make the presumption that they can do nothing. And I think that's the worst thing you can do. And two weeks ago, we talked about uh, the five mistakes guys make, and one is doing nothing. So I think, you know, great information to really encourage guys out there to find out, you know, one, you already may know your rights, but two, how do you exercise them in a, in a pandemic? That's just huge. It's good yeah. stuff. So, you know, great meaty stuff today uh, to really give guys a direction and some help and assistance. And it's out there. You just, you got to go find it or you got to make a phone call to an attorney to get to it. So I appreciate uh, all that insight today. Great. So Thanks, Scott. continue to tune in to our daily podcast where we, again, bring information to you like this that is extremely helpful to guys facing issues with, uh, with divorce and modifications, orders of protection, everything related to family law, simply because of what COVID-19 has done around the country. And especially as the country begins to roll back open and the economy starts to kind of open the doors, it's going to be as important to find out information about your courthouse, find out what's going on, when they're going to open, what's available, there'll be restrictions. So uh, as we talked about today, this information is going to be even changing more over the next several weeks as states around the country begin to develop plans to reopen their economy. So again, tune into uh, this continuing podcast. Uh, tune into our virtual town hall meeting on Thursdays, and also check us out at cordellcordell.com, or give us a call at 866-DADS-LAW, and we certainly can help and provide you for more, more information. So thanks for joining. Until next time. <laughs>